rubbing on that Italian leather, them convict jeans on. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. That is Mikey's theme song <laughs> that they play at Guardian Smith every time someone writes oh. a new mortgage. Shit, that's a tune, mate. It sounds um, like it's written for you, too. Doing 90 and a 65. Yeah. That's something you'd do, that. too. Yeah. To be honest, a bit slow, mate. I mean, <laughs> that's miles, though. That's miles. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 90 and a 65. Mate, an interesting topic here. So I was speaking to somebody recently, and I was talking to them about, they were asking about, I think, how mortgage uh, advisors get paid mm. and different forms of income and stuff. And I said, well, you know, sometimes there's the upfront and then you get in the trail. And they said to me, trail income? What do you mean trail income? What's mm. And I said, oh, it's like a, a form of income. They said, I didn't even know that it was a thing. Like, what, what is that? And so I messaged Mike and said, mate, we might need to do a pod about some of the different forms of income. And why don't we, buddy, start with how Mikey gets paid? Yeah, interesting, eh? Very. Everyone wants to know this. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Reveal all, please. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you do mortgages, if you're a self-employed mortgage broker, you get paid commissions by the bank, right? So we don't have to charge the client. Certain aspects of the business you can charge clients. Um, there's a bit of fair bit of regulation around it. I don't. I've never charged anyone. Um, so we get paid by the bank. So there's sort of two different types of payment. Um, there is the upfront commission and then there is trail commission. Now, some banks pay upfront only and other banks pay a smaller upfront and then a trail. Now, the trail is the interesting part because the, the upfront is it's a portion of the loan, like a might be a 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 0.85, I think is the most you can get from a bank, um, percentage of the loan size. Now, some banks do around half that or just over half that and then they pay trail which is 0.15 or 0.2% of the total loan size every year for the life of the loan that's oh under, under your management and then they pay it out monthly so it's calculated daily and then paid out monthly so, so just like the banks a mortgage advisor probably wouldn't like one of their clients winning lotto and paying off their debt I mean, they'd be stoked for them, but realistically, they're going to lose a piece of income, a bit of trail income if the loan's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if someone rang me and said I won lotto, I'd be like, pay off your fucking mortgage now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I can see what you're saying. Okay. But um, yeah, like uh, if the loan goes down, your trail payment goes down too. Yeah, yeah. But on a... Oh, um, so it's worked out on the outstanding amount of the loan, obviously? Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. So as it decreases, then your trail commission becomes yeah, less. Yeah. So it starts off with a high amount of trail normally at the beginning, and it gets less and less every year if mm. people are continuing to pay down their debt. Yeah, and... Yeah. Okay, so human nature, we like things to be done and done quickly, and we like to not delay gratification. So I would imagine that a lot of mortgage advisors would probably like to take their lending to bank A, B, or C that pay the upfront commission in many cases, because um, they want to get the cash, or they're not conflicted? Nah, I mean, to be honest, man, like, 
I used to get asked that question a bit by clients, like, oh, are you taking me to this bank because you get paid more? Gotcha. Like, I don't give a fuck which bank pays me, eh? And I don't give a fuck which way they pay me. I'm getting, I'm trying to help you get the deal done because then I get paid. Mm. Um, and then you tell your friend and then it snowball rolls yeah, and you don't yeah, care yeah. about it's fucking... such micro thinking to be worrying about, you know, where you're putting zero, someone. Zero five. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Just like, do the good, do a good job and then you'll have that client for life and then you get recurring revenue because they're probably going to buy a batch or a rental or whatever. Or tell the neighbour that you're a GC or their exactly, friends, yeah. their parents, their um, kids. But the reason that trail exists yeah. is kind of along those lines. So if you've got a client who rings you that you did a deal for a few years ago and you're getting paid trail and they're asking for advice to restructure your mortgage, the expectation from the bank is that because we're paying you trail, you better fucking look after them, you know? Whereas, like the the upfront bank, I would, you know, if you take into consideration the micro way of thinking, I've already been paid for that. I'm not going to give you as much service. Probably never respond to them again. <laughs> that's not how you roll, but not no. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I guess that's the way you would look after trail clients more. Okay, let me use my simple accounting brain because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, there's one group of people that I know like to make a fuck ton of money. And that is the banks. Mm-hmm. The most money. <laughs> the most. Yeah. <laughs> but they're obviously willing to let go of some of this money that they could be making. Mm. So they're saying, okay, Mikey, Guardian Smith, your crew, you do not work for us, but you can bring us deals and mm-hmm. we'll pay you. Is that because they don't have the capability to service all of those banks nor do a good job so they know it's actually in their best interest to sort of outsource it and get smart people to help them do it? Um, you know what I mean? So I think, I don't know any of this data. Yeah. But from what I've been told by some people that work at banks and things over the years is that the mortgage broker, mortgage advisor model is cheaper than the previous model with branches on every corner, full of full of oh, staff. Of course. You know, like over the last five years, like go try to find a branch now. Yeah. All of that real estate's gone. Even TSB no more costs, shutting some no down. No more rates, no more leases, all done. So removing that cost, go to Sylvia Park. There's a big blue bank that's built a building there. Stuff everyone in there. All the mortgage broker deals go in. They assess them, send them back out. Much cheaper. Also, I guess as well, say you pay somebody 200 grand a year and it's their job, right? And they're like, fuck, this is pretty mean. Eventually, they're going to get sick of 200K. They're going to be chasing 210 and they work for the bank, and then they find out this different colored bank's like, we'll give you 210 to come over here, and you think, yeah, let's do that. And then all of a sudden, you've helped, you know, 100 homeowners get in over the 10 years you've been in that bank, and they ring, and they're like, yo, where's Jared? Mm. I'm like, nah, nah, um, Kerr now works at the <laughs> <laughs> So it's a joke for the people that love <laughs> economists that get that one. I knew you'd, I knew you'd pick up on it. Uh, oh, Kerr, nah, 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 he, he works over there now, and you're like, oh, what? Like, I really liked him. And then they potentially, like, could leave... The bank, yeah, yeah. so then they may lose. But I guess a mortgage advisor that does it and does well is probably going to build up a block of clients that they they want to look after too because they're incentivized to. Like I'd imagine you don't want your clients going to another advisor or going to the bank directly, just like I don't want my clients ringing another accountant for fucking advice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nah, like the whole idea is that if I do a good job um, – I, you get me for life. Like I will look after your loan because, and the the way that the the payment terms and the system works kind of incentivizes that. Like if I want to keep earning money, 
and keep doing good at being a mortgage advisor. I have to keep doing a good job, continuous learning and making sure my skills kept up and, you know, staying ahead of the pack and contacting people and communicating clearly. And like, are you going to get that from the bank? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, well, I've banked with three different banks and I'm just trying to recall when that's ever happened. Uh, act, to be honest, my rural, my, I just gave it away by saying rural, but the bank, I did have a really good bank, to yeah. be fair. They would ring me all the time. They're like, why are you ringing me? But anyway. Yeah, so that, it's just because the models change, right? Because we exist now. Like back, if you talk to like our parents, mm. back in the 70s and 80s, they used to have bank managers that would come around on a Saturday and have a cup of tea with them and talk yeah. shit and all that. So that's all gone now, and we've we've taken that spot, really. And we'll sit down with people, either go to their house or have them come to the office, talk about their goals and their plans and record it all on our system and then we've got everything, catch up with them, we do an annual review and then catch up with them for their refixing and all of this stuff. Um, so it's kind of like we've replaced that old way of doing things and the system's incentivized for us to do it on scale so the banks don't have to. Yeah. Um, and it's better for the client too, I think, because like if you if you bank with one bank and you know they can't say, I'll go down to that other bank because they're doing a, this product and this this rate yeah. and stuff at the moment, whereas we can. Yeah. Because um, they've all got different risk profiles. They're all selling different types of debt at different types of rates at different times. At different times, man. Like it's changing. I see, yeah, like I see banks come in and out of the market, you know, over a quarter or two trying to grab market share and then they step back and they don't tell us that, but we can notice it with their appetite when we're sending stuff in. Um, so, yeah, like... Yeah, we've got our finger on the pulse and we get to know all that stuff and, and act on it and use it to the client's advantage, you know. Now, here's where it gets sexy. Er, sexy er. <coughs> Trail income mm. is not only income, but it is an asset. Am I correct? Mm. Just so you know, like, trail is, it's kind of like an asset under management. You know, like, you give someone your Kiwi Saver and they charge a, yep. a fee out of it or whatever. It's got that written down here. Kiwi Saver, much the same. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even insurance policies, if you're going through an insurance mm -hmm. broker, they're probably getting a, a thing. We get paid out, you know, if I've got $400 million worth of mortgages in my trail book, you can work out what 0.15% of that is or whatever per year. That's quite a lot of monthly income coming in. Mm. Um, but then you've got a very high expectation to make sure you manage it and don't lose it because your income is related to the service you provide and clients have no obligation to stay with you. So it can be very lucrative and repetitive but also very time consuming and, you know, draining if you don't do it correctly. And Yeah, you need um, to have good systems, processes, yeah. Yeah, so what happens then is, this is what I say to brokers that want to join is, you know, it's, if we compare it to real estate, for example, being a real estate agent, some of those guys can make mega bucks. Um, I'd probably go out on a limb and say the guys that the top earners in real estate would probably make more than the top mortgage brokers in, you know, in terms of big incomes. But if a real estate wants to leave and retire, a real estate agent, they don't really have anything to sell because it's their face on the sign and it's their, their network and their, you know. Because there's no trail for them. It's there's all nothing. It's all about sales. Yeah. When you want to leave and retire as a mortgage broker, you can go out to the market and say, hey, I've got this trail book. It pays me $100,000 a year. Does anyone want it? What are you going to pay me? And there's all sorts of varying. I've bought a few. 
Um, and there's all sorts of varying negotiations and reasons why one might be worth more or less, but generally speaking, they're worth any time, anywhere from like 1.5 to four times the annual revenue of the book. And that would be based on like the age of the customers, the value sorts, of the loans, man, how yeah. long they've got and to you repay. Can, like, it's just like negotiating for any business as well. Like if you're buying it unconditionally, you can, you know, if, or you can, when you're buying a database as well, like we have a thing called clawback. Mm-hmm. So any any loan that you've done in the last three or sometimes four years, if that client leaves you and goes somewhere else, you have to pay that commission back to the bank. No questions asked. There's literally, you cannot argue it. They just suck the money out of your account. Because it goes through a financial services group, maybe, say, right? Like, the yeah, banks don't pay you directly. Some some brokers will get paid directly from the banks. But, okay. yeah, I work under, a, like, a, a group, yep. But they will, like, they're basically keeping a running record of how much work you're doing with them and, therefore, how much they owe you. Owe you and then if there's a callback, they'll just take it out of what they owe you. Is yeah, they, how, can, they yeah. can do that. Or they'll or they just, just send you a thing saying, pay you've, us. you've got seven days. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Hand it over. Yeah, and if you, if you, I mean, I've never not paid it because I've had clawbacks, but I imagine that after a while the bank would be like, fuck, all right, you're cut. No, banks are pretty reasonable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but when you're buying one of these trail books, it comes with a database right in the clients, and if the new if the new broker doesn't get on with the new clients and they leave, you might have to take on the clawback from the last broker. Shit, and you've potentially paid four times a multiple for the value of that too. Yeah, so when and the client, out the, the door, client leaving you might not even be one of the trail book. It might be someone from a bank that wasn't a... So it might have been an upfront payment that the other broker took part of. So there's so many reasons and things to negotiate on when you're buying a mortgage business yeah. or selling one. That that's why the variable of like what the multiple of what it's worth is so large. Yeah. Um, I guess a good way to think about this, mate, for, for but it's an asset. Yeah. We'll say, you know, you're struggling to understand this. A mortgage advisor is effectively a mini bank in terms of, say, a bank sold to another bank. They would look at it and go, "How many outstanding loans do you have?" Which are effectively to a bank, they are their assets. They're mm. like all of our customers, our loans that we've written for them. That's an asset to us. They owe us that money. We can recall it. Uh, on the other side, they might have taken term deposits. We can ignore that because it's not applicable to the mortgage side. But basically, each time somebody pays their principal and their interest to the bank every week, they are collecting a piece of their profit. And they're mm. like, you beauty. And then they're going, well, we actually got a mortgage advisor to service this one. We're not doing it. We better pay them a tiny piece of the profit. Yep. Um so that they continue to service them so that they stay with us as a bank as well. Mm-hmm. So you then basically repeat their model kind of where you build up uh, your own smaller client list of the people that you've got with the different banks and you're collecting a tiny trail. But if you can get that to a scale, that could be a nice piece of earning per month and that becomes valuable because you can sell that. So now it's an asset mm. because people like to buy earning potential, much like an individual listening to this might be like, I'm going to buy... Heartland Bank stocks. Uh, because <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> because not only are they technology-led, uh, but they have a great dividend, you see? So oh, dear. This is not financial advice, not a spruiking of a stock. But, but you know, you're buying, when you buy a stock, if you're buying a stock that has a dividend, you're buying the earning potential. And then when the earning potential decreases, much like a restaurant brands or a Fletcher building at the moment, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pay as much for that stock anymore because there's a risk that they're not going to make the amount of money that they are anymore. So then the value of that business mm. decreases. So, yeah, fascinating. Uh, it is. the I guess the risk with 
mortgages, and I don't think about this as much anymore, but when I started, I used to fucking have sleepless nights about it, is basically the banks can just stop paying us if they want. Turn it off. Yeah, like they hold all the power. Mm. Um, that's why mortgage brokers, you should treat your the people you're dealing with at the banks very nicely. <laughs> but <laughs> they yeah, they, they can stop paying trail. Like there's been periods where um, certain banks used to pay trail and they don't anymore, and then the other way around. Um, it hasn't, there hasn't been any significant changes in the, in that space for quite a while. I don't, not for, since I can remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting now. I think in around 2018, the mortgage broker of all the loans written in the country, the mortgage brokers wrote about 20% and now we're up around 60 so we've yep. grown a massive market share, which is an, the natural progression with a few things like that's uh, the banks closing down a lot of their branches and and going to these sort of big buildings where they base it and then f- force the work on us, which is great. Thank you, banks. And then the other one is like the level of regulation that's come into play, and uh, yeah, like we we take on a fair bit of the. Well, it's not risk; you just do the right thing, but. I guess we remove a fair bit of that because we do the, a, a fair chunk of the assessment of people's expenses and things and confirmations and getting clients to declare yeah. the reality of their financial position and stuff like that. We you know, take a lot of that work away from the bank. Therefore, like banks are still very heavily regulated, but we just take on a portion of it for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think, mate, that this is... If I was a young person listening to this trying to decide on a career to be involved in, this is one for me. I know this stuff interests me, so I think naturally I'd lean to it more, whereas I know some people are like, fuck this. But this is a, a tremendous career, I believe, to set yourself up well because i just run you through a few things. Basically, it's going to teach you to delay gratification mm-hmm. because you're going to learn in the first couple of years fuck, this is hard, but if I stick in this, I'm going to be rewarded in the long term because I'm not only building an income, but I'm building an asset. Many of us Kiwis, we never get taught how to build an asset. Um, It's a really cool vehicle, man, for teaching you about business, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, I learned, I always came from like being taught by self-employed people like my parents and stuff like that, but man, my learning curve once I got into the space about you know, just all sorts, like revenues and, and profits and everything. Like, it blew my mind when I learned about trail. I was already fucking in the industry. I didn't really know about it. I was like, yeah, let's roll. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you think about doing a million-dollar mortgage, you can make, in terms of a trail payment, you'll make 80 or $100 per month or something along those lines. And then when you start adding that up to doing 10 of those or 100 of those, and I was like, Fuck, I could do a hundred of those in a few years and that's starting to look like a good monthly income, eh? Yeah. It starts blowing my mind and I'm like, fuck, I better get to work. Nice. And uh, those incentives are quite motivating and yeah, man, I thank thank the space a lot for what I've done because I really like it, but I also learned massively from it. Yeah, and I think as well, you can, exactly what you just said, you can reverse calculate the life you would like. Mm. Now I've seen people in this industry, and you've told me about them, who they just calculate, well, I want to make 120K a year. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to work to that level. Yep. And then I can play golf heaps, yep. do whatever. It might take me a few years to it's build huge. it up and shit. It's yeah. huge, that, that lifestyle balance type thing in the mortgage game. It's massive. Yeah. 
And then there's others who are like, okay, I'm going to go a bit harder and then I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to get some admin support so they can do some of the pieces that I can um, create into a process. And then there are other people, you know, like the journey you're on now where you're going, get in touch at Guardian Smith. We want advisors. Yep. You want to help people do it as well. So you're scaling out that way. And there's just so much that you can do in this space. And the other, so you can kind of build the life that you want depending on what you want. So you get to decide your goals. Mm. And really your income is limited by your imagination and the amount that you can work and how good you are at it. So you really are in control. Mm. And I've seen a number of people in your space who are easily in the top tax bracket. You know, they're earning over 200K. They're, well, the top bracket is about 180, uh, but they're earning over that. So yep. they're, they're doing that. And it's, it's possible. So it's a vehicle that's possible to take you there. The other thing that I think about this is too is that you get paid a commission based on the loan that you write and the value of that loan right mm -hmm. so as we devalue the currency and naturally people uh, have to pay therefore more for houses bigger loans yeah the loans get bigger so your commissions get bigger so Our your income technically keeps up with inflation bingo inflation yeah. proof is what I've written down here yeah nice so you sort of you you are in a vehicle that has so many unfair advantages to a lot of other vehicles. However, it's a fucking hard vehicle to drive because you've got to do the early days of learning it all. But it's yeah. actually the barriers to entry aren't that high, I was are just they? about to say, the barriers to entry are pretty low. They're like, you've got to go and get your qualification. Um, but I reckon the biggest barrier for entry for people wanting to come in is not earning money for a while. Yes, and that's what I mean, delaying gratification, right? Yeah, like you, so have to, hard. you probably have to... I tell people that like, you need to prepare to probably not make money for three months if you come and join us, but the reality is if you're trying to do it on your own, it'll be six. Yeah. Um, like it's hard without, if you don't have the people feeding you the work and teaching you how to do it and how to present in meetings correctly. and mm. you Commission know. breath. Yeah, yeah, fuck. But imagine this, mate. Like you go to uni for three years, you end up with a 40K, let's just be kind, 40K student loan. You end up making 80K at about year... I don't know, it might be year three these days of the way that we've printed money. And then someone tells you, oh, yeah, I've been doing mortgage broking now for for five years. So they are, you know, they've done one less year than you and they're like, oh, yeah, I make 150. Mm. You'd be like, fuck, what? I've been doing this for six years because we're counting the study too. So that's one of those hard things to get into even if you want to because I think you're like, fuck, I've got to go all the way back to the start. But this is a vehicle that if you're good at it, you you, you take two steps back and you can go 50 forward. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe at least five forward. Well, like, you should be able to, yeah. yeah. You should yeah. be able to get past the... I've seen people fail at it. Yeah? Yeah. And how do people fail in this space? Um, what would the main contributors to that be? Normally mismanagement of personal finances and then they're forced to go and go back to get a secure income. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've seen that happen and I've also seen like not trying hard enough to do the work because it's like it's very weird you know like just off the mic before I was like I'm going to do this plan and my a lot of the meetings will be on Saturdays but that's yeah. normal for me mm. it's very normal to do, to work the weekend it's very normal to work after 7pm but like that's not an exception so it's quite a different industry um, but to get results that other people don't have, you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes some of the people that I've met with like just don't suit it because they won't adapt yeah. that mindset of being like, oh, an hour's an hour, a day's a day, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, they don't Which have Which is how, how I roll. I'm like, fuck, one day I'll die and none of these fucking weekends would have mattered. Yeah. So I might as well work some of them. 
you know. But that's some people are like entitled to their weekend, entitled to their five o'clock finish, and all that shit. That doesn't suit you at all. Mm. Yeah, you have to be able to. On the flip side, there's super flexibility because you own your own time, right? You own your own day, and you know we've got some people that like have to pick up their kids from school and drop off and have dinner with the kids, and then they'll log back on for an hour after and finish something up, and you get the bonus of that flexibility, but very different to like, you need yeah. to be in the office at 8.30 and you, need, you can bounce at 4.30, you know, like it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people will be at work during that time too. And then like your customers, so then your customers are active from 5.30 till when they go to bed yeah. and then before work too and then in their lunch break. Yeah, but then also like the time that you've got to get stuff into the bank is during work hours. Yeah, true. But so that's good luck managing your days. So it is that a bit sounds weird. mint to me because you could work outside of nine to five and then you could hammer the banks during the nine <laughs> yeah. to five. Oh, God, I like this. Yeah. I like this. Oh, I'm fucking done with accounting. Yeah. Um, the other thing, mate, that I forgot is the demand is always there for debt because not only do we have the conditioning of the Kiwi dream and get on the property ladder and the sooner you buy property, the better off you'll be and you'll thank yourself in the future and all those things, you can get into leverage, like all of those pieces of conditioning. But then the most profitable businesses in the country are banks. Mm. And what can you do when you have profit? A fuck ton more marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the time people are thinking about debt, banks and stuff. And then eventually they realize, oh, well, I could get an advisor that's going to help me look at all of these banks because mm. they have a knowledge of every single one of them. So you get to sit underneath that where they're creating the high-level demand and they're getting people thinking about this stuff and they've got marketing teams, creative teams, they've got billboards, they've got fucking agencies, they've got all the shit that smaller businesses could never afford to have access to or often can't to get people thinking about their shit and then you become front of mind and the layer underneath that, you start getting the phone calls, you deliver good work, you get referrals and stuff and mm. the snowball really, really rolls. Yeah, I think just the fact that New Zealand society is built on New Ze- on housing and most people need a mortgage to do it is a fucking win. Yeah. You know, like, that's probably the... Because the other industry that gets paid in a similar sort of way um, is insurance brokers, right, that do, like, life insurance and, and that kind of stuff. And I s- have looked at both previously, um, but the difference is, is, like, you don't need insurance, but you fucking need a mortgage. <laughs> oh. So it's an easier, like, when I sit down with people, I actually don't do too much selling. You just have to do a good job. Yeah. Um, and it's not like trying to convince someone to take out a $6,000 a year insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. That you don't get to access until you're in a coffin. You know, yeah. your partner gets it. So it's like that's a harder sell than being like, well, you can't have that house without me getting you an 800 grand approval. Mm. So, <laughs> so we better just Jimmy up it's these. A, uh, <laughs> no, no. It's a very short and sharp way of yeah. explaining it, but there's a difference there, right? Like, um, question. So you bought books. Is the reason you brought books? So when I say you brought books, you were going through your journey, and then you decided, okay, I'm going to speed this journey up by buying some of these mortgage books. Is that because you understood the industry more, and you thought, well, now I've put the money aside, you've, mm. you've banked some of your profits, you've paid your tax on them. And you're like, okay, I'm going to invest this money. I can deploy it. I can buy Bitcoin. Um, I could buy stocks. I could buy Houses. rental property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you're like, oh, I could buy these books. So were you doing that to speed up your own growth? Yeah. The biggest yeah. the biggest difference was that hit me in the face one day was like, I could buy a $100,000 revenue per year mortgage book for say $300,000. 
just let me explain that to the people. So you've got to spend three hundred thousand dollars to get a hundred thousand dollars per year of revenue. And revenue, but you'd have yep. some expenses looking after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, but, the, cool. but just on the very basic front of it, I saw that, and then I saw a rental property I had at the time that was six hundred and thirty thousand dollars, returning thirty grand a year, and I was like, "Fuck." what is the point of a rental property for that? Like, I'm going to be working anyway. It's not really passive. Like, I'm going to work to fucking maybe pay it off faster or whatever. So I might as well work with the people inside the mortgage book over here that's for sale. Mm. And when I saw, like, the different multiple, I was like, man, there's so much more value in these mortgage books. Like, all I've got to do is find them and buy them. Fuck the houses. And that was sort of like the light bulb moment I saw when they're, like, a 10x in terms of revenue yeah. the difference is is they're not worth Auckland houses when you sell them mm. but I was happy to sacrifice that because I was on an income journey not a not a wealth journey yet you know and you've got to find someone who can buy them too right yeah that's yeah. the other thing is like you need to be like the the market of who buys them is so limited mm. because like you can't buy them you're you're not a financial advisor no so you can't go and buy that revenue so I'm instantly cut down to a market of 2,000 mortgage brokers in the country and yeah. probably 1,950 that can't afford it. Yeah. So re- really it's like, you know, that's why they're what I would consider cheap in terms of a multiple, but... Okay, I'm going to ask you something personal here, mate, and you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Mm. How big is... Uh, sorry, how much <laughs> have you spent? How much have you spent on mortgage books? A million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Straight cash. <laughs> it's a lot, eh? Yeah, wow. Yeah, so Let that sink in, people. You've spent a million dollars. Yeah, you, you, you're so invested in what you do. You so believe in what you do that you've been willing to take a million dollars worth of profits over this time, plus um, some gains from other avenues. Say, yeah, I sold like all my houses except for one. Yeah, and you're willing to invest that back into your business, a million dollars to buy books. Crazy, yeah. eh? Yeah, I think it's fucking awesome, but you know, yeah, I just yeah. think that uh, it sounds like a massive risk, like getting yourself. I sold my house in Auckland, and you know, like sold my house in the regions and all this shit. But really, you took you took a massive bet on yourself, is what I like about this. Yeah, for me, it because it, when I was like, okay, I'm gonna get over this barrier of like, is it this versus that, and just be like, I'll take a punt for a while, and if it's a fuck up, I'll figure out a way to fix it. Nice and. uh yeah, that was like the first one, and then I bought three more. So th- I I bought, th- I think I bought four in total, two little ones and two bigger ones, mm. and it totals to a, I think it's like nine hundred ninety six k. Yeah, wow, is what yeah. I've spent, and it's awesome, fucking lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding, mate. Yeah. Well, look, if anyone wants to help Mike here, <laughs> keep the wheels moving. But yeah. are you are you hiring more people at this stage of your journey? Trying to find brokers, yeah. So yeah. pretty exciting, man. Like we've got a. Probably, I think the next one starts on the 4th of September, which will be seven brokers and then three, I think that's 10, maybe 11, I can't remember, but we've been flying to Christchurch every couple of weeks and setting up a building there and we've got two or three people, so we're looking for people in Christchurch, I've got no one confirmed down there yet, few people that are on the path, Um, I want to have like five weapons down there. And then dominate that area. Then we're probably going to go to Tauranga and Bay Plenty. And then nice. So yeah, stage one is 25 by the end of next year, mate. No fucking around. Okay, 25 by the end of 2024. Yeah, 25 okay. brokers. So applications at guardiansmith.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
Code.nz, sending your um, your email. Hi, I hope this email finds you well, Mikey. <laughs> awesome, mate. That's been bloody insightful. And I'm sure a lot of people will have had their mind blown by just how you know the different forms of income, uh, the way you've gone about it, the way you've calculated some of the risks to then take bets on yourself. Yeah. And the, what's possible too. The coolest thing I'm seeing now and the part that I didn't sort of think about what I would enjoy about it as I'm watching our brokers make good money. How's that feel? Yeah, that's real cool because... You message me often about this and I think it's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I didn't... It was something I didn't think of. I mm. I thought I would set up the company for me. Um, but the most... Probably the most enjoyable part is watching their lives change a bit and yeah. then get in control of their finances and stuff and, you know, make... They're making more per month than they've ever made type thing, you know? Mm. And a sense of pride comes with that because it's happening faster than I did it and I did it fast. Yeah. So like I can't, maybe they don't know, but I know that it's happening because of the stuff that we've put in place and design and that was the purpose of the business. Yeah, I think it's such a massive transition to go from. I put this on the story the other day and it's basically, like, if you want to solve your own problems, solve other people's problems. And mm. I asked, do you understand this? And most people got it, but some people voted like, no, that doesn't make sense. Mm. And I think, um, you know, when you help other people get closer to their goals, you get helped indirectly. Like shit just happens for yeah. you. And you know, I know how much time you spend on, you're like, fuck, the team are having this problem. I need to fix that for them. Yeah. Or like, I need to give them a roadmap. I need to tell them exactly what to say. I need to show them where to go to from here. Yeah. Uh, and then even, you know, I was speaking to your team the other day about taxes because you know what happens to a person when they get behind on taxes. And yep. I'm like, mate, if they're making good money, let's just make sure that they know, yep. put the shit aside so that they don't, because as soon as they get a surprise, their mindset changes, they freak out, they you know, start acting irrationally. And like you said to them, they then could potentially default into, fuck, I need to get this deal done. And it's, then they're going back into helping themselves, not helping the client. Exactly, yeah. And you're, you know all these things already, and so then you're trying to help them get the lessons faster so they can have things that they could never even thought of that they could have in their life. In shorter time frames, yeah. Just like my, my job now is um, is probably like I, I've sort of made a conscious decision to look after all of my existing clients and then only take on a, like a few more, but mainly to remove friction from their day and okay. make sure that they can operate smoothly and then they get educated and they learn and then they can and then I spend time on the brand which is important and they can take advantage of that so mm. yeah it's fun man it's way different to what I thought I'd be doing fucking 10 years ago but it's good well they call it the mortgage messiah but you sound like a <laughs> you sound like a pimp at the moment mate <laughs> so we better get you up out of here so you can go and uh Get that bloody Lambo. If anyone does want to become a mortgage advisor, feel free to reach out. Go and get your level fives and then we can take you on. Three key steps I'd imagine, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but one would be your level five, one would be bank some cash, decrease your expenses, move back home, whatever you fucking have to do to buy yourself a runway to give yourself a good crack at this so that you don't fail on it unnecessarily because you didn't give yourself enough time to earn enough cash Mm -hmm. to replace the expectation you had when you started. Yeah, that's it. Rock and roll, baby. Done. Five stars on the way out, please, team. I'm a one hustler, getting more. Why you want to count my money?